Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show, Help Wanted, a number two wide receiver. Sound familiar? Well, it should. It was the same want we had a year ago at this time. But first, we say it often, there is no downtime in the National Football League. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 537, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. One month from today, as we speak here on Wednesday, MJ, in one month, the new league year begins, meaning the start of free agency when players can officially put pen to paper and sign with a new team. We just had the Super Bowl. And all of a sudden, in a blink of an eye, free agency is going to be upon us. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the NFL schedule. I think I've mentioned before, whoever made that schedule, he needs a raise. And and that's the beauty. And really the only downtime is when you get to the second week in June and then you go to training camp, usually late in July, and then it's from July until hopefully February. So, yeah, so so obviously you can you can negotiate, what is it, 70? On the Monday of that week, and then contracts can be signed Wednesday. So we're going to hear a lot of agree to terms. Um, we think he's going to land in the desert, stuff like that. Everyone's going to break out their thesaurus and figure out the best way to say without officially saying it, yeah, that X player is headed to X city to play with X team. Yeah, and, you know, when you go to the Combine, and um, we'll be represented with uh, Darren Urban and Danny Sarek there, and obviously we'll have our team there, Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime will be there. Um, but that's where a lot of these discussions take place, and, and it's not so much tampering. You're just putting feelers out there. I mean, until you sign on the dotted line, it's not it's not official. So you'll see, you know, we've been there. You'll see, you know, GMs, uh, sometimes they'll be in their suite. Sometimes they'll be in the corner of a hot lobby. Sometimes they'll be sitting, you know, somewhere else. Um, so that's where the, the, you plant the seed and kind of get an idea what the market's going to be for certain guys, and it's for all 32 teams. Cardinals have 21 unrestricted free agents. And again, as we speak here on Wednesday, none of those players have been re-signed. Cardinals can certainly sign their own free agents. And I would think, although, again, a month away, maybe not for some of these players because it is those that unique experience to see, all right, I want to know my worth. How do other teams feel about me? I get a good sense on what the Cardinals feel I can and cannot do. But what about a team in the division, in the conference, in the other conference? And I think a lot of that is just everyone likes to feel wanted. And for a lot of players, this is an experience that maybe they haven't had, especially when you talk about some of those players that maybe didn't get that college experience as far as recruiting out of high school. Yeah, and two guys come to mind here, and that would be um, Christian Kirk. The first time he's going to be a free agent. Had it close to 1,000 yards, was able to stay healthy, and then he throw in Chase Edmonds. Um, you know, obviously being a third-round pick, first time he's going to get a chance. And then James, James Conner's been in this situation before, and you know how we – I think we know how we feel. We definitely want him back. But they got some tough decisions to make. You can't re-sign everyone. And you're going to see some guys get released just based on their salary. So it's a lot of moving parts, but they want to find out what their value is. And, you know, I, I'll say this. I'm, I'm optimistic that Colt McCoy is going to re-sign here. Optimistic. I 
more than optimistic. I, it has to happen. I mean, we haven't gone through the quarterback position as right. far as quarterbacks on the market or you know options outside of Colt McCoy. But to me, again, he's not a priority when you list needs, but a priority within that locker room, within that quarterback's room, I think. Yes, and – you know, Kevin O'Connell is scheduled to be the new uh, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings unless something comes a snag, kind of like Josh McDaniels for a few years. And so, you know, Colt McCoy was with Kevin O'Connell in Washington with Kirk Cousins. But I was told that, you know, he prefers to be in Arizona. So, again, he would go there and be a backup. But here, I mean, to me, he's a priority from just working with Kyler Murray, trying to watch more film, um, you know, recognizing defenses. So uh, he's valuable. And, he got a chance to play, and he was 2-1. and one. We won two games on the road, two division games. Um, he was able to protect the football. They had a little bit different game plan. Clearly, he's not Kyler Murray, but I'm optimistic with him because I just don't think it would be a good fit in Minnesota. You need that number two quarterback if needed in case of an emergency you break last and you have someone that can come in, as we talked about last offseason, for a stretch. Is that two games, three games, maybe even four games? Any more than that, when you get more than two hands missing games from your starting quarterback, then I think all bets are off. And at that point, you know, reaching the postseason becomes so difficult. But if you can get someone like a Colt McCoy to where you win two out of three games or split those games that your starter has missed, you feel good about where you are when you do get QB1 back at the quarterback position. Yeah, and what was disappointing is how well he played in the first game, and then obviously you got to give the Panthers a lot of credit because they couldn't cover Christian McCaffrey. I thought Cam Newton brought some energy to, to that team in that locker room, and then P.J. Walker. Um, but, you know, again, it's a team game, but I, I'm glad that he was able to win two out of three games. But we'll just have to wait and see. But um, I just think it's really important for Kyler. You know, we hear that, you know, he's he's got to mature, he's got to grow up, he's got to watch more film. Well, this is a seasoned veteran right there. So, and, and they've been together last year, and I think he's been a great sponge for Kyler. Even when that Cleveland game, when he was coming to the sidelines, you had Whipple out there, you had Kugler out there, and Colt McCoy was kind of a, the voice of reason. And that's I thought Kyler played really well in that game. It's someone that played the position a peer, and you always go back to whether, you know, do your kids listen to you, your parents, or are they listening to, you know, a teacher, someone that's kind of outside the room, if you will, and sometimes you do have a better relationship or a friend to where you can confide in that you won't really confide in your parents. So that's kind of what Colt McCoy provided for Kyler Murray. And yeah, definitely agree that need him back in a Cardinals uniform in 2022. But it's it's for me, it's this offseason and – when you make the playoffs and when you have an extra week because there's an extra game, things all of a sudden get deeper into February. And for the Cardinals, it was into mid-January. And then all of a sudden, hey, free agency, the combine, the draft. You're like, wait a second, timeout. <laughs> slow, <laughs> slow down here. Can we, one, enjoy what was accomplished? Two, uh, what about preparation? And that's why you have – people in the front office that can look ahead scouts that can look ahead but it's just fascinating and all of a sudden it hit me the other day like you know free agency it's it's right around the corner the combines in a couple of weeks and then the draft in the, in the april and you're like the season just ended well i mean i can't speak for you but just doing the show after the last couple of days after the uh the Rams loss. Like I said, if it was 31-27, you can live with that. You know, obviously they won the Super Bowl and all that, but just the way things 
and just how these had these downfalls in the second half of the season, that has to change, and that has to do self-scouting. And obviously health is a big issue. You know, you miss J.J. Watt for the majority of the time. You don't have Hopkins. Um, you're shuffling the offensive line, nine different combinations. So health is really important. Usually the team that's the most healthiest, and you look at the Rams, they were healthy. You look at the uh, um, the uh, Cincinnati, they were healthy. You know, maybe not every starter was out there, but – so, again, there's got to be a deep dive on what happens after week 9, week 10, or week 11. This cannot happen again. It's not always the most talented team, although with the Los Angeles Rams, you can make that case that they were the most talented team because they're five-star players, the phrase that you use. They're five-star players, healthy for the entire season. And the Cardinals did not have that luxury. And one of those five-star players we're going to discuss in detail as we look at the wide receiver position here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. First things first, because I do think there's some revisionist history when we look at the roster that was constructed, what happens during the season, and then looking at, okay, what didn't get accomplished during the course of the year. I thought the front office did a very good job of surrounding Kyler Murray with talent at the skill position, specifically wide receiver. Now, that's their job, to bring in players. Now, how those players perform, how do you adjust to that? Keep in mind, DeAndre Hopkins, when he was hurt, he got injured in December after the trade deadline. Max Williams gets hurt. Zach Ertz acquired prior to the trade deadline. So don't forget on what this roster looked like and we, we all thought this roster looked like in training camp. Now, it didn't come to fruition, and we can discuss that and in particular this wide receiver position. But there's a number of different directions I want to take this conversation, MJ, because you look at DeAndre Hopkins, his impact on the field, when he wasn't on the field, what happens now at the number two wide receiver position, and then some of those young players, and then, of course, free agency and the draft. But wide receiver, I think we have to first start with DeAndre Hopkins and his impact because I was pretty consistent all year round when he was not on the field. I was like, look – it can't be just one player. One player cannot make that big of a difference. And I was proven wrong based off the numbers. Now, moving forward, that can't happen again. If you lose a player of that caliber, Tennessee Titans lost Derrick Henry. They still were the number one team in the AFC. You have to overcome that. Cardinals unable to overcome the loss of DeAndre Hopkins when you look at the offense and the offense production last season. Yeah, and – uh, again, I, I mean, I don't want to blame it on injuries, but, you know, Collar, um, I think that was the plan to hold him out through the bye week, and he only missed three games. And uh, But, I, again, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And who's that guy? I mean, who's going to be that second guy? Because, you know, we'll go through the list here. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That means you have to have more depth. And, and you started off the conversation where the last two years, this team has been a playoff roster. Obviously, didn't finish well. Um, the previous year and didn't finish well this year, kind of limping in the playoffs. That's got to change. But you got to find somebody else because when Hop's on the field, we see a lot more separation because teams will either double him, they'll roll, a, they'll roll a safety over there because they know how dynamic he is. And, yes, he may not put up 1,400 yards, but he's a guy that I would throw to on first, second, third down, and in the red zone. I mean, he's that, he's that much of a weapon in this offense. Well, you look at what happened in the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford loses OBJ, 
doesn't have Tyler Higby. All right, that final drive, I don't care what you do, Cincinnati. We're looking at Cooper Cup, and I'm targeting Cooper Cup. And that's another way the Cardinals need to get better, figuring out where to put D-Hop on the football field because Cup, outside, inside, backfield, Debo Samuels. Can we see DeAndre Hopkins in the backfield? I don't think so. I don't know if he is – I wouldn't say capable. I just don't know if you want to do that. But you have to be – you have to get creative. That That's the bottom line here with this offseason and looking at what didn't work when DeAndre Hopkins was not on the football field. Get creative. And when DeHop is on the field, get creative to where he has more targets. He's more involved. He doesn't get forgotten because, well, he's covered. No. When you are a number one wide receiver and one of the best at your particular position, it doesn't matter if you're covered or not. You throw the ball to your best playmaker. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's kind of remind me of Larry in his heyday. He may not look like he's open, but he's open. And the same thing with Hopkins. And, then, you know, initially they had him on the left side about 82% of the time. That's more the air rate, even though we have different hash marks in the NFL. And then we did see him in the slot kind of doing some crossing routes. And there was a, there was a touchdown that he had where he, um, he duked a couple guys um, just based on him running after catch. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'll take my chances all day with Hop. And back shoulder fade, um, Kyler can make that throw from the right hash mark to the out route. The bubble screens, he has the ability to break the tackle and run down the field. So, yeah, I, I like to see him move him around more. But, again, if he's scoring, you know, 12, 14 touchdowns and he has over, you know, 70 to 90 uh, catches, I can live with that. Hopkins had a team-leading eight touchdown passes, seven in the red zone, and that's just playing ten games. He missed seven games, three with a hamstring injury, four with a knee injury. But with DeAndre Hopkins on the field, and when you have other players around him, and A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Max Williams at the time, then Zach Ertz, Rondell Moore, Hopkins takes so much of the focus and the attention that other players have the opportunity to succeed. But the numbers are striking with DeAndre Hopkins. Cardinals, 8-2, better than 30 points a game, almost six yards a play. And in the red zone, they scored almost 66% of the time. Scored touchdowns on 29 of 44 trips inside the 20-yard line. That's with DeAndre Hopkins. Now, you lose him. All right, what do you do? How do you compensate for that? Cardinals unable to compensate. And that, to me, is maybe the biggest mistake of how the second half of the season transpired because, again, (laughs) I was on an island. D-Hop cannot make that big of a difference. It cannot take everything and suck the life out of a season by losing just one player. But it did. Cardinals, in those seven games that he missed, three and four, 21 points a game, 5.2 yards per play, and scoring touchdowns in the red zone 47.6% of the time. And they were 4 of 13 over their last four games, minus number 10. I know he is well compensated, but those numbers, D-Hop needs a raise. He was more effective and had a bigger impact on this team when he was on the sidelines. <laughs> That's not your money. No, it's He's not. one of the highest paid wide receivers in football. <laughs> I know. Now, if we just peel the curtains back, we would come in here and we do the post-game show, and I would mention Hop, and Craig was very persistent to find a way. 
find a way to get other guys involved. But I'm glad you came around. And and you're right though. I mean, it's it kind of reminds me when when teams make adjustments in the second half, the Cardinals have to counter with their adjustments. It just can't be well they catch up to our offense is stagnant. Um, you know, you miss and hop. Um, you know, clearly, if they would have had the one-two punch all year with Chase Edmonds and James Conner, I think the, the, the finish record would have been a lot better. Look, I admit I was wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong in my thinking or my premise on what should happen when you lose a big weapon, whether that's a running back or a wide receiver or someone on the defensive side. Quarterback's a different story. Right. That, that, that's a different story. And this team was unable to adjust – without DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if this is a good analogy. So let's say you're working for a company and you're the number one guy, right? And you're probably bringing in two and a half, three million dollars. And this is going to be extreme, but the guy goes on a horse and he falls off the horse and he busts his hip. So now he's out for six to eight weeks. That next guy that is there, he's only put making 500000 a year. There's going to be a huge drop-off. Yeah, and it takes – You like that? <laughs> hey, I, I, I got it. I, I'm – to want to visualize that, but I, mean, I got it. No, it, he's, it, it makes sense. He survived. The guy, he's, okay. the guy, he's back to work right now. We don't know any deaths here on Cardinals <laughs> no, Cover 2. No, I said he broke his hip. That's okay, it. That, that's good. <laughs> but I, I get what you're saying, and guys need to step up. Now I want to get to that part, too, because that's also what didn't happen in the second half of the season. But to the point when you do not have DeAndre Hopkins on the football field, Kingsbury on his end-of-season press conference, quote, we got to learn from that and be better the next time he happens to miss time. Hopefully, it's not very often, end quote. And he's completely correct. Let's hope that DeAndre Hopkins this year, an anomaly. Missing seven games, he had missed two in his entire career up until 2021. So, okay, DeAndre Hopkins, let's pencil him for 16 games, 17 games. But what's your plan B? What's your backup plan if you do not have DeAndre Hopkins on the football field? That is what Kingsbury was alluding to. And that, to me, is where I think not all of the focus, but much of the focus needs to be on this offense. And then take it, all right, you don't have your number one running back. You don't have your number one tight end. You lose your left tackle. You lose your right tackle. What's the backup plan? It can't just be, all right, well, number two wide receiver becomes the number one and everyone just elevates. Yeah, on the field it is, but scheming and putting players in position to be successful it can't be the same. Well, we'll go down the list, but, um, I mean, we always talk about Hopped. You know, does he practice during the week? I, I don't know if I want to see him do anything in the offseason. I think you said put him in a bubble. Yeah, wrap him in bubble tape. Because he, he keeps himself in shape. Um, the last thing you want to have a setback. So, it, I'm not – just fast forward to training camp. I don't need to see him at all just because of how valuable he is to this team. Now, the good news, Hopkins is, as he spoke to Sirius XM NFL Radio from the Super Bowl, that he is ahead of schedule following MCL surgery. So that's that's good news. And let's just make sure he's 100% and available on Sundays. Although his comments about being a spectator, and this is this was a brand-new situation for him, quote, that was probably one of the worst feelings I've had since playing in the NFL. Knowing your team needs you to get to where they need to get to, I was helpless. Sometimes they didn't want to be around the facility. Sometimes I was like, man, I don't know if I want to be around it just because I care so much about it, end quote. It's a player who cares, and more times than not over the course of his season has been available. 
Yeah, and, and I'm glad that you you mentioned the MCL because um, listen, anytime you have surgery, it's you know you're, oh it's minor surgery. Arthroscopic is minor surgery. It's like going to get your car oil changed or pumping your tires up. ACL is a long MCL still is tearing a ligament, but the, the time frame isn't as long as you normally would have. So that's encouraging there. It is good news that Hopkins will be a hundred percent probably at some point this off season. Don't care. <laughs> Certainly don't during, want to see him in the preseason. Certainly during training camp, don't care. Preseason, don't care. Week one, wherever the Cardinals are playing, yes. either at State Farm Stadium or somewhere else, yes. DeAndre Hopkins, to me, has a get-out-of-practice card, if you will, well, for the rest of his career with the Arizona Cardinals. And if it was his first year here, you have to get the timing down with the quarterback. Yes. But they, they've had over 1,000, 2,000 reps together, so that won't be an issue. Some of this is tongue-in-cheek bird game. Yeah, Some of really it's not, is. though. No, no, no. <laughs> We're looking at the big picture. Yes. As we continue here looking at the big picture at the wide receiver spot on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, you lose a DeAndre Hopkins, and then what happens? And this goes to, all right, the depth. And I thought the Cardinals did have good depth at the wide receiver position. Rondell Moore, Antoine Wesley, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk. But you lose a DeAndre Hopkins, and I felt, and a lot of people said, all right, A.J. Green. He's been a number one guy. And A.J. Green is a fascinating story, at least to me, MJ, because you look at what Green accomplished. 16 games played. He started nine of them. The one game he missed, non-injury related, COVID-19. Numbers. His best season since 2017. 54 catches, 848 yards, three touchdowns. Had two of the team's four 100-yard receiving games. Averaged almost 16 yards a catch, which was top 10 in the league. Numbers-wise and what the Cardinals paid him, excellent signing. And on the surface, just looking at on paper, yes. an excellent signing. He gave you everything you needed numbers-wise. And when Hop went down, we know Ertz was averaging 10.5, and, and as you did the research, 92 targets. And it's the 92 targets but only 54 catches. And that was an issue his last season in Cincinnati. He was catching the ball less than 60% of his targets and blame that on the different quarterbacks he was how, that was throwing him the ball in Cincinnati here, just two quarterbacks. So so he's right there at 59%. But the question is, you know, why? What, okay. Where was the disconnect as far as he was still getting targeted, he wasn't catching as many footballs? Okay. When you, when you take Hop off the field – Teams are going to defend you different. And, yes, he's been a number one wide receiver, but clearly he's a two. And there was a lot of miscommunication with him and Kyler Murray. And I don't want to pick that scab again in the Packers game. Clearly there was a miscommunication there. There's, there was times when, you know, Kyler would try to throw the back shoulder fade and, you know, sometimes it didn't get there. Sometimes he had to come back to the ball. And you could see just based on some of the reaction from the quarterback, um, he wasn't happy – you know, for miscommunication. So, but, you know, for the most part, he's a true pro. I enjoyed covering him, but I, 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 he wouldn't be on my radar to bring back. I want to bring that up too, because I've been thinking a lot about that. But this disconnect between quarterback and wide receiver, I went back because I remember the comment and I wanted to make sure I had it correct. In June, Kyler Murray, quote, I expect AJ to have a big year. I know a lot of people are sleeping on him. I know a lot of things have been said about him maybe not being able to do it anymore. 
And then he added, I'm glad he's on the team. Okay, that's June. And again, you look at the numbers, Bird Gang. He had a great season. But when DeAndre Hopkins wasn't on the field, especially those last four games, Green, 12 catches, 194 yards, no touchdowns. He was targeted 26 times. That was two fewer than Zach Ertz and two more than Christian Kirk during those final four games. Yet the effectiveness of an A.J. Green was not there, and the Cardinals needed A.J. Green to be A.J. Green. Maybe that's unfair because, as you said, he's no longer a number one. He's a number two. All right, but I think the expectation was you lose DeAndre Hopkins, good news, hey, you've got A.J. Green. He's capable. He knows how to play that role. And he was targeted, but there was, out of the 26 targets over the last four games, 12 catches. It's less than 50%. So, again, where – what what was missing between that relationship? Well, I, but also we got to talk about the offensive line. I mean, again, every team has injuries, but when you have different nine different line combinations, Kyler was being pressured. I mean, you just go back to the last couple of games. Look at Kyler's numbers. I mean, they were way down compared to his completion percentage, average per attempt, touchdown to interception ratio. So it's just not one guy. But if if they if Kyler doesn't hold the ball for three three seconds like he did in the first half against the Rams, you got to get rid of the ball. Um, like I said, he he practiced. Um, you know, on Thursdays they would kind of give him. A, he'd go out there and run some routes, and then he would you know obviously watch practice. But I mean, I, I'm thrilled that he was able to play as many games as he did because when you get a guy that age like J.J. Watt, eventually it's going to catch up to you, and maybe. Maybe he hit the wall from just a, you know, a physicality standpoint, you know, where it comes to, you know, maybe he didn't look as fast as he did in the first couple months of the season. So now teams are kind of countering that with his coverage. Be real curious to know how well he would have done, how much better he would have been if Hopkins had never gotten hurt. Because you never plan for someone to get hurt, especially not a DeAndre Hopkins, but to have that one-two punch. Because you, you look at the numbers – an excellent season, which brings me to this, because I know you already said he would not be on your team moving forward, and I get that. Radar. Radar, I'm sorry. He would not be on your radar bringing him back, and I get that, and I totally understand that sentiment. That's probably 99% of the fan base that watches and covers this Cardinals team. No, you're not bringing A.J. Back, AJ Green back because you can do better. Well, numbers-wise, that's going to be hard to replicate, and – might not be an un- uh, popular opinion, but I'll throw that out there. Based off of what he did last season, and if you have a healthy DeAndre Hopkins, he knows the system. A.J. Green, I would not discount him coming back. It would not be popular. I totally get that because of how the season finished, how his year finished. However, but it's twofold. When Hop's on the field, he, 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 he doesn't draw the double team, so – Listen, I, if you're telling me, hey, you need depth on the roster, we know injuries occur, um, you may lose Christian Kirk, bring him in for a minimum deal, he'd, he'd have to make the team in camp. But I, I'm just saying I think you need to upgrade that number two position as a whole. All right, so if you're upgrading, and is that Antoine Wesley? I don't think that's no, an upgrade. He, that's he, not a, he's a four or five right Okay, now. so there's someone that I think got his feet wet late in the season being that outside wide receiver. But you do need someone, and I'm talking – I'm not 
no 5'10", no 5'11", wide receiver playing outside. I need someone that can take the top off, can outjump the defensive back. Maybe A.J. Green didn't have the speed, but he won a lot of 50-50 balls. He could high point that football, and you look, you know, is that on free agency? Is that in the draft? Um, I mean, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you some money. And even A.J. Green, M.J., I think is going to get paid this offseason. Based off his production, he can go in and say, look, I made over $8 million. I think for what I was able to do, now the flip side is like, well, you disappeared in the second half of the season. But numbers-wise, someone's going to pay him. And it's going to be a one-year deal probably. Yeah. I mean, he made basically made half of what Fitz was making. Fitz was guaranteed to make 11. I think it was six. It could be eight with incentives. I think Wesley can replace him. But he's not a two. He's more of a four or five. I think Wesley can – and he'll, he'll be much cheaper. So you're looking to upgrade then at that point because of where this team is. Is that someone that you can roll the dice and that's a draft pick? Or are you looking in free agency? Both. Uh, again, we'll go through the names, but I think the, the elephant in the room here is Christian Kirk. As And you put him back – Outside wide receiver? No, no, I'm just saying what happens with Christian Kirk. Because to me, Rondell Moore is more of a three or a four right now. And I hope they use him differently. You see DJ, uh, Debo Samuel, you see Tyreek Hill, you see some of these other guys. And, you know, he'll never admit it, but normally these guys hit the wall. Um, just like Marco Wilson, he was getting picked on. And, and, and Cliff, he, he knows that he's a, he's a weapon. And maybe sometimes just let him fly down the field and throw the bomb to him versus, you know, him getting a screen pass, a five-yard screen pass, and then putting his foot in the dirt and getting 20 yards. So I think that Cliff's going to have to figure out another way to use him. My thing with Christian Kirk is I think he was the number two receiver this year on the roster, just based on his numbers. On numbers, yeah. And then I'm, I guess when I say number two okay. – Wide receiver, the playmaker. I'm looking as, you know, DeAndre Hopkins wide left. Who's wide right? Who plays that, what, Z position on the football field? That can't be Christian Kirk. He did it yeah. initially, yeah. but He's, moving forward, that's not Christian Kirk. Yeah, he, he played his natural position. And, and again, I, I would I would use Rondell Moore on the outside a little bit more. I mean, I get the gadget plays and eye candy, but I would try to use him in matchups because if, if he's drawing the third corner or the the, the strong safety, I'll take my I'll, I'll take my uh, matchups there. I, again, I, hopefully he gets stronger. He, you know, he obviously has all the talent in the world, um, but I was expecting a little bit more from him. Maybe more in the return game to get his feet wet, and he made some. You know, he made some decisions where I'm sure when he goes back and watches the film, I mean, he, he admitted that it ate him up just having that fumble uh, uh, against the Packers, right? Yeah. Yeah, so – but, I mean, I, I think he could be a three or a four, um, but I do like his upside, and we talk about it all the time. You know, we see the development of Jalen Thompson. We see the development of Byron Murphy. We see the development of Zach Allen. It takes time. I mean, he, he played at Purdue. He played against Ohio State. You know, he but he didn't play the last year. So all of a sudden, you know, as long as he can stay healthy, but I think you got to find ways to get him ball down the field. In 14 games, he missed three games with an ankle injury. Talking about Rondell Moore, finished with the eighth most all-purpose yards among rookies. 435 receiving yards, 76 rushing yards, 171 yards on punt return, 291 on kickoff return. 
He averaged just over eight yards a catch, which was top 15 in the league. But he's someone I can certainly see replacing a Christian Kirk as far as that slot-wide receiver, and then you use him inside, outside, in the backfield, i.e., Debo Samuel, the 49ers, to where he's that guy that's moving all over the field. Cooper Cup, because of his skill set, and he was utilized, maybe could have been utilized more, but he did get hurt late in the season. And maybe, to your point, MJ, he did hit that wall playing 14 games, and that's more than he'd ever played in a single season in his career. Well, you got to go back to 2018. I mean, 19 and 20 were kind of wash. Obviously, he had the injury and then tapped out because of COVID. So, yeah, I, I, I like the guy. I just I want I was expecting more, but he's a rookie, and so I, I got to pump the brakes there. But I do think when you see these guys second and third year, they start to turn a corner and they're more confident and comfortable. If he's going out there and he's thinking what I'm what I got to do, you got to play free. And he's got the talent, he's got the speed. He didn't drop a ton of balls. Um, you know, technically he did fumble the. You know the the punt return, but I think he's a weapon here. I just hope they can use him in the right way. Five seven, a buck eighty. So maybe he becomes your slot receiver if Christian Kirk is not resigned or chooses to play elsewhere. And Kirk had a great season. All 17 games he played, led the team in receptions and receiving yards. Second with five touchdowns. 44 of his 77 catches gained a first down. That's 57 percent. So. That's 10 yards, and I think he's going to get an opportunity. Maybe it's here. Maybe it's not. I don't know, but he is in line for a raise. So, all right, now let's look at it. You've got DeAndre Hopkins, wide left, Rondell Moore in the slot. Now who's wide right in free agency? Now some of these names just might not become free agents, but the big ticket items, Devontae Adams. He's either staying in Green Bay or going wherever uh, Aaron Rodgers is. Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, OBJ, though there's a question mark now with his knee injury. A couple of those guys coming off ACL injuries, but they're looking at long-term deals. Allen Robinson, Michael Gallup, Juju Smith-Schuster. Those, I think, are, one, big names, but also going to carry a big price. Yeah, I like DJ Chark. Um, he, he's coming off an injury. Gallup's coming off an injury. Godwin's coming off an injury. Odell Beckham. You know, I think I think when Beckham was available and when Hop went down, I think the Cardinals did show a little of interest. Obviously, you know, they had the same kind of money as the Rams, but I do think that they had some interest. And so, and I know Kyler Murray was trying to push for him last year, but he was still in Cleveland, so it's not as easy as like just drafting a fantasy guy. But yeah, we'll see his rehab. But clearly, he's 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 a world champion now, and he played really well. When he joined the Rams. And things went well in Los Angeles. Yeah. And maybe his reputation for those outside, you know, myself included, you see what happened with the Giants and the Browns. You're like, you know, do you really want to bring that into your locker room? Well, obviously worked in Los Angeles. And, again, it helps when you're winning. But you also have to be utilized. And if you're throwing the ball to OBJ, I'm sure, it's like every wide receiver, getting the ball, you're happy. So those are some of the big-ticket names out there. But – Maybe more affordable, Sammy Watkins, Will Fuller, Marquez, Valdine Scanling, Jamison Crowder. Now, again, if you're talking about upgrading that position, I'm talking when I say number two, I mean the Z position, outside, opposite DeAndre Hopkins. 
A.J. Green's going to be in that mix. The question is, is it A.J. Green or is it someone else? Well, Will Fuller, he, he actually played with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I think he, he had a short suspension. I don't know if it was for PEDs or maybe something he took over the counter, but he's got speed. I mean, you line him up on the outside and kind of just dreaming this free here. Zay Jones, I thought he played well for the Raiders. Um, he made some big catches with Derek Carr there. Higgins, I always thought when Beckham and Jar- Jarvis Landry, who did not have a good year, I thought Higgins was a target for the uh, the Browns. And then you look at Valdez Scantling. When you got Devontae Adams out there, Randall Cobb, and you got Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it seemed like he was open a lot. So, and again, this is the perfect age for free agents, 26 to 27 years old. You know, sure, you, you went out and got J.J. Watt and A.J. Green, where I think they kind of hit the reset uh, button on their careers, just playing outside and playing on real grass, enjoying the outside weather and stuff like that. But, again, um, those 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 guys you mentioned, I think they're going to be a big ticket item, as you pointed out, more affordable. I think that's a great way to describe it. Now, in the draft, can you find the next Jamar Chase? Now, what, 23? What 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 Chase did <laughs> in 2021 was just off the charts. May, might never be duplicated, but if you're looking for that wide receiver, I think at 23, depending on how the board shakes out, you're looking at wide receiver as a possibility. I mean, there's a couple of good ones out of Ohio State. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Alabama had two real good ones, Jamison Williams and John Mechie, both, though, got hurt in the national championship or on the road to the national championship. But there is some depth at wide receiver when you look at the Cardinals picking at number 23. And when we see wide receiver, I'm talking six feet and taller. I'm not looking for a slot receiver at number 23 because, again, this discussion is the wide receiver opposite DeAndre Hopkins. Who can who can benefit from the attention that number 10 receives? Who can also maybe occupy some of that attention of opposing defenses so Hopkins is not always double teamed or the safety doesn't come over the top all the time? Yeah, you mentioned some solid names now. You know, you can go about 10 deep, and probably some guys are going to be drafted in the second and third round, if not the fourth round. But you know, we'll see what they do in free agency first. Do they retain Christian Kirk? Um, do they try to bring back A.J. Green? Um, but at 23, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they traded down to get an extra pick or take the best available player. And to me, you t- if, if a receiver's there, I mean, all of a sudden plug and play. All of a sudden now uh, Wesley's number five or six, you know. And you get, uh, like what you were saying, a big receiver that can take the top off the defense, can get the 50-50 balls. But I just think, you know, corner, trenches, interior offensive line, interior defensive line. Those would be the priority at number 23. I'm I'm with you right there. For me. Depending on, though, what happens ahead of you. Yeah, and I I don't look at mocks. I look at names. So I don't know how many receivers would be off the board. I'm sure I can find it after the show. But, you know, I like what you're saying because they have enough small guys and we haven't even touched Andy Isabella yet. Well, here's we talked briefly about Antoine Wesley. I do think he's a capable player, four or five, and he's you know he's he's not ready to be that number two, that opposite wide receiver. No. Um, although I did like how he finished the season, three touchdowns over the last three games. So, and there's a relationship between him and Kyler Murray, and that's a huge benefit. And Kingsbury. Now, to me, when you go four wide, you have Wesley. Hop, depending on Rondell Moore, and then who's the who's the number two guy. So, I mean, I take my chances with him. Now he's drawing the fourth corner. I mean, 
he 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 told us. I we we talked to him after the season, and I asked him, "What are you going to work on? Route running, getting stronger?" Because you were the first guy that brought it up that there were times when he had the ball in his hands and it got knocked out during some of the games. So he's got to get stronger, more better route runner. But I think he's going to have a spot on this team. It's just a matter of what's the pecking order. What where is he at on the ladder? Is he on the fourth step or the fifth step? D-Hop had a great comment about getting stronger, hand strength. And during that appearance on Sirius XM NFL Radio, talked about strengthening his hands, that the hand grip, always squeezing it. And that's where an Antoine Wesley needs to get stronger, in his hands and a little bit upper body to yeah. be able to bump, knock away. If press coverage. The, yeah, get away from that defender. So I do like him. Andy Isabella, Greg Dorch, and Andre Bacellia, those are the other wide receivers that the Cardinals have under contract in addition to DeAndre Hopkins and Rondell Moore. Isabella right now just a depth guy until you find someone else. I don't think he's going anywhere in the immediate future. Could be someone that if he doesn't have a great training camp is not on this roster, but he's going to stay on this roster because he's under contract and you need depth at that wide receiver position. Greg Dorch actually had more offensive snaps than Isabella this season. And Bocelli has spent all season on the practice squad. Again, one of those players that I think the Cardinals like and want to see further development. Yeah, more, of a, more of a practice squad guy, play him in the preseason. You know, Isabella, I mean, I think he's making over $2 million. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's a guarantee, but I, 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 can, I can agree with you, bring him to camp and see where you are. But if they load up two or three guys – um, and I don't even know if you can get a seventh-round pick for him right now. It would depend what happens in free agency yes. and how many they draft. Yep. To depend to to factor in whether Isabella's here, come OTAs and and, and we, we got to mention this: if they retain Zach Ertz and Max Williams, you're talking about taking targets away from some of these guys. You know, even though you're going to have your top three receivers, and again, Wesley and Rondell Moore would be either Moore to me is three or four, Wesley's four or five. Um, but Zach Ertz, if they're able to re-sign him, to me that would be a priority. And, and I know that Max Williams would like to come back. Um, he's kind of the, the best uh, 11 personnel tight end. I think Zach Ertz is a mismatch when it comes to safeties and, and the nickel corner. So some of those targets are going to go to those guys too. Did not include tight end or the running back position okay. within this discussion. Yeah. But it's a fair point on your hand because that's part of the offense as well. And having that tight end block, receive, running back run catch that all factors in as well and yeah if Zach Ertz does come back heck he becomes on the depth chart maybe your second or third best pass catcher yeah not wide receiver but no. pass catcher no and and Max um, I love the way he blocks and even though Cliff likes to go 10 personnel which I understand he wants to spread you out use the entire 53rd in a, uh, of the field but red zone third down and, and he, Kyler trusts him to where he goes down the seam and he'll really improve in the run game. He'll help the run game out because he's that's that's what he's known for. But also he's kind of like James Conner. He showed his upside catching the football in traffic. Cardinals finished with the 10th best passing offense in 2021. In 2020, they had the 17th best passing offense so it did get better it certainly can be a lot better late in the season but the biggest issue here with wide receiver is all right hopefully not but if 
You do not have DeAndre Hopkins. How do you compensate for that? And being more creative and adjusting, I think, is a big thing that we've heard from a number of people, including DeAndre Hopkins during Super Bowl week, that they need to figure out a way. Now, hopefully we're not having this discussion a year from now as far as, hey, you lost DeAndre Hopkins. How did you how did you perform after that? But to me, it's – I mean, the pieces are – the pieces were in place last season at wide receiver. And then it kind of fell apart once DeAndre Hopkins went out the second time in the year. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, going into the season, I thought Hop, Green, Kirk, Moore, and maybe it was more Max Williams. But yeah, I, I, I agree. It's just I don't know if they have a number two on the roster right now. A number two wide receiver opposite DeAndre. I can build yeah. a case for Kirk if he chooses to stay here, but. And you'd move him back outside? No. Put Rondell Moore no. inside? No. So that, that, no. Yeah. I, I, again, there's a reason why the Cardinals drafted Rondell Moore. Yeah. They, they, they don't look at the uh, the roster and go, hey, this guy's going to be your free agent. And if he puts up 1,000 yards, there's going to be a market out there for him. And if he didn't have as many drops as he had, he would have had over 1,000 yards. He finished just 16 oh. yards shy. <laughs> uh, excuse me, 18 yards shy of 1,000 receiving yards. At that <laughs> Because when, when they show, show you your football card, you know, obviously being a draft pick and being – You want a, those four digits, not yeah. three. You want that four. You <laughs> so, want that, close. Yeah, so, so close. But he's, yet, he's so close. He's away. got a bright future. He's a he's a great um, locker room guy. You know, we, we talk about Jordan Hicks always available. Christian Kirk was available a lot of times on Tuesdays, whether they're winning or losing. You know, he's a hometown guy. You, you like to acquire that. But it's a business, so he's going to find out what he's worth and – you know, maybe. now, if you're another team, put your GM hat on. Do you think he's a two or a three, Christian Kirk? Because I guess it, it depends what kind of offense you're. Or I think who's your number one? I think he's better served in the slot. Although that's just where you line up. He does have the ability to yeah. motion to the far right or the far left wherever he starts and be that quote unquote outside guy. He does have the speed to get downfield and be the defensive back. Um, and there might, depending on how, depending on what kind of an offense a team runs, I could, I could certainly see a team making him your number two wide receiver. It only takes one. Yes. So, it's uh, yeah, with Christian Kirk, it, he's on that list of players that is going to be fascinating to watch what the market uh, might bear for him uh, going into this off season. Now I know it's a business, but he, he's, he, he is close to Kyler Murray. Um, Chase Edmonds is close to Kyler now. You know, we'll see. It's a business, so they're going to have to do what's best for them. But I, I don't think he's going to give anybody the hometown discount. He, he was a third round pick, right? Yeah, or second round, second round pick, so and and he shouldn't. No, he he's put up numbers, and the key for him was to stay healthy, because there's been years where he's had the ankle injury and he's kind of played through it. But I I thought he was a weapon for Kyler Murray this year. Before we call it a show, Bird Gang, we always make sure to keep an eye on the competition. The Seahawks uh, are going to be in the news a lot, I think, this offseason, but they officially announced changes to their coaching staff and a defensive overhaul. Clint Hurt promoted to D.C. He had been the defensive line coach. They added two new assistants to that side of the ball. Interesting note, 22 coaches, only eight returned in the same role as last season. Pete Carroll in a statement, quote, the fresh start feels exciting. 
Yeah, he got rid of Ken Norton Jr. and then he tr- he promoted one one guy uh, on the roster or on the coaching staff, and, and they've added to that mix. And you know, I I think it's about the players more than the coaches because you know when you got good players, you get more better results. But you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, Pete Carroll's seventy years old. Uh, clearly, he's going to get another chance to get this thing going. What do they do with Russell Wilson? But you know, those are the teams you want to play early in the season because we know the first year under Vance, even though he didn't have the personnel, I mean, there's there's areas you can attack. Seahawks last season, 28th in total defense, 11th, though, in scoring defense, but only 18 takeaways, and that was number 25 in the league. So yeah. that's why yeah. Ken Norton Jr. is no longer there. Their passing game coordinator, Andre Curtis, was also fired. So that's why... There was, as I was reading everything coming out of Seattle, overhaul was the word used a lot talking about what they did defensively on that coaching staff. And, you know, San Francisco, I like to say, well, they're, they're going to miss their coordinator, um, Mike McDaniel. Kyle calls the plays. The, the, the Rams are going to lose their offensive coordinator. Sean McVay calls the plays. So that doesn't change. No. <laughs> Wish it would. Wish there were and, a lot and, of changes and, and, with the Rams. And now you would think with um, which is it, Shane Walden? Waldron. Waldron. You would think being in the system year number two, they can maybe let Russ Cook if he's still there. And and, and they got to make a decision on Rashad Penny. Um, you know, Chris Carson hasn't been able to stay healthy. But they have a weapons. They have Lockett and DK Metcalf. And then they usually have a nice tight end that can either block or get you know, targets on third, or third down or the red zone. Seahawks seven and ten, first time in a decade, a decade that they finished with a losing record. Yeah, you normally don't see them at the bottom. No, I mean they were twelve and four last year. It's a quick downhill. Well, you know what they say: you can go from the penthouse. <laughs> I'll I'll be clean here to the outhouse real quick. Yes, get patted on the back or stabbed in the back real quick <laughs> as well. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.